Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. So, long story short, what happened was, <laughs> if y'all are still here, congratulations, because you waited a long time for me to finish that story. I'm white, and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do a thing. So if I see a penny on the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark, no one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant and just as easily flee Just like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly On the ground, I leave it alone and fucking flip it. I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. Shit's gonna work out for me. Cause I'm a straight white male in America. I've got all the luck I need. Hey everybody, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday at 7, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Um, I don't know. I'm producer Dave. You can find me on your grinder grid now in the East Bay. And I'm HK Perrin. You can find me on Mastodon at hperrin at port87.social. And you can find me on email at hperrin at port87.com. <laughs> I guess you can find me on email at dave at port87.com too, but I won't ever <laughs> fucking see that shit. Um, so before we get started here, I want to... Uh, just kind of let everybody know that uh, last week we sort of bid our farewell to uh, Eric Weinstein as as a <laughs> recurring character on here. Uh, HK and I had a little off-air discussion about how maybe we shouldn't be covering the same five or six people over and over and over and over and over again, and we should broaden our horizons a little bit. So that's what we're going to do. Um, so we don't need to say goodbye to Jordy Pete. I have a feeling he'll, uh, he'll pop his weird head in. <laughs> constantly around here still <laughs> but i feel like we've gotten most of what we're going to get out of eric weinstein and hk we watched a a film he did with uh david fuller last week as our as our main content to uh bid eric a fond farewell 
since we started this show, when did we start the show? Like 2018? Something like that. Since we started this show, the intellectual dark web has gone through a lot of changes. Mostly fizzled so, out. Yeah, it, it would make sense for us to change as well, for us to evolve with them. Or away from that main, like, basically, if, if people are doing sort of like guru or like online cult leader behavior, they're like in our uh, crosshairs now. They don't have to have stood in front of the fucking plant. Yeah. Basically, anyone who's like a public, in- who claims to be a public intellectual or who is heralded as a public intellectual, but is actually just full of shit. Right. And maybe once in a while we may come across somebody we think is full of shit and they're not as we uh, broaden the scope, but that's highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, since we bid a fond, since we bid a farewell to Eric last week, I wouldn't want, um, wouldn't want his brother to get jealous. (laughs) A single farewell, just the one. A single. So I wouldn't want his brother to get jealous. And so we're going to go ahead and, um, Give a little swan song to Brett and Heather this week. I have no idea what the shit they talked about on their podcast, um, but we are going to go ahead and uh, we're going to watch it. Um, we'll get to as much of it as we can during the main show, uh, but everybody this week's show will be a freebie on Patreon because we're going to watch the whole thing. Um, so uh, that's patreon.com slash echoplex. If you're listening to the pod on this, go ahead and head on over there. It will already be up because the patron show goes up early. And while you're there thinking about giving us some money or even better, go to eplex.store and give us that same money. You'll get the same thing that you would on Patreon, except you're doing it through fourth wall and fourth wall is cool as shit. You can buy some fucking merch there too. Like this tinfoil hat I have. Fourth wall does web hooks and they're awesome. Oh yeah. And if you buy something there, it'll automatically tweet on my behalf and put something <laughs> in the discord. So uh, put a funny name there. Maybe, maybe put it in there. You know there. what you could do is you could make Dave say all sorts of things by putting whatever you want in the, the shipping name. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is cool. whatever you put in there. Dave will tweet out <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, I can't log into my discord. <laughs> Why is my server gone? <laughs> anyway, without any further ado, this is uh this would be episode. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I think 160 fucking something of the dark horse podcast. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> like they thank, thank you to winter garden for allowing us the rights for this excellent music. The music is just like the waiting screen on Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, welcome to the Dark Horse Podcast live stream 187. Why are we so slow today? 186. 186. 186. 186. 186. Um, 186. Yes, it is the 186th live stream. I'm Dr. Brett Weinstein. This is Dr. (laughs) Heather Hart. on super speed. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm apparently... You know, I really uh, do miss the all wood room. I do too. Um... I also liked the the stuff behind them. Now they just have like a, I don't know, they probably have some fucking problematic, uh, culturally appropriating reason for this thing behind them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like they have like a yeah. shitty like they have like a shitty ceramic zebra on their on their desk. <laughs> 
it's like not even like it looks like it's made of chalk. <laughs> this motif is not great. The only thing good in that is the dog. Possibly they, all I think dogs they, are good boys. I think that might be in Herman Miller chairs too. They are. Yep. Uh, that's the that's the one with like literally every single adjustment a chair could possibly have. And yet these two still look incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> or maybe it's just that they're making me uncomfortable. I don't know. <laughs> so everybody, by the way, this is this episode is going to be heavy on the ad hominem attack. But maybe not so much on the fallacy. <laughs> the has been set on the setting in which it makes large jumps rather than small jumps. We're going to dial this in over the next few minutes. There Don't we worry go. Too much about it. All right. Um, but uh, anyway, it is one eighty six. It is one eighty six. I believe, unless I've got that wrong. It's one hundred and eighty six in the shade. You know what? It would have been great if, if the last episode we ever played of them would have been one eight seven. Because like one eight seven on a motherfucking cop. On that question, right? You Fair enough. I don't know what that means. Look up 187. With, uh, live stream evolutionary lens of the Dark Horse podcast. We've been coming at you with this for a good long time now. Yes. Over three has, years. It has been over three years. Over three years. Uh, and we're just, oh, just going to keep okay. going. So um, you can join our watch party at Locals right now, or you can uh, join in what would be a, a chat elsewhere. Um, but that is that is the, the place, the only place that the chat is happening. And <laughs> they make you pay to chat. <laughs> locals is not free they make you pay to chat <laughs> that's like the subscriber only chat on twitch yeah yeah except like except you have you can't even see it i have a feeling they were uh, getting a lot of maybe trolls because i feel like they're <laughs> they're waning a bit in popularity so i feel like they were maybe getting some trolls and uh, we encourage you to join our locals for both that reason and because the private Q&A that we've been doing um, at my Patreon for almost three years, or actually over three years now, uh, we're going to be moving to our locals as of this month. So that'll be on the last Sunday of the month. Who has any and, cues uh, they want uh, aid by these people? Oh, they probably get a ton. Also Why? be able uh, to get to our Discord server there from our locals. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about all the other places that you can find us and, and such at the end. Um, but uh, for now, uh, you, oh, we'll also do a Q&A, live Q&A after this episode. And um, the one remaining piece of business that we want to talk about before we launch into content is, of course, our sponsors, for whom we are very grateful, whom we uh, uh, take Seriously, and and vet make this on the sweet world. Ask experience. Nope, nope, nope. They nope. have the weirdest sponsor readings of literally anyone. Drinks just it's quite long. And it's just like printed out on a page, and she's reading it off the page. Make it simple. Like they, I bet you, like they sent her some copy, and she was like, "Okay, I'll just read this on the podcast." It's still going, and I'm fast forwarding through it. <laughs> By the time this is over, you're just like, "Whatever, just shut up. I'll buy the fucking thing." <laughs> the first issue yeah. taken. This is awesome. This piece I was reading, "Son of Joshua Tree." I was actually just looking back at the lead because I finished this uh, yesterday. "Son of Joshua Tree." Coachella babies overrun desert paradise. Airbnb schemers displace weirdos and freaks. Mysterious energies remain. It's like four different sets of uh, headlines. Uh, for those of you unaware, um, County Highway is uh, a new publication. Uh, the um, 
the brainchild of a number of people, um, including but not limited to da uh, David Samuels and Walter Kern. Uh, they have at the top America's only newspaper, um, which is obviously a bit tongue in cheek. Um, but oh, is that a joke, Heather? Responding to um, <clears throat> the need for. Oh my God! It's like it's like the Onion, but like not funny and uh, enjoy like worse than Babylon. Okay, so it's like a conservative onion. I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go along. I've never heard of this thing. Okay. <laughs> but it says America's only newspaper. It's a, like a, it's probably an unfunny satire publication. Both journalism and uh, and just... just or maybe it's an extreme right-wing publication. So this County Highway is not online. I mean, they have a website and you can go and subscribe online and then you will get it to your mailbox. Um, and they've got in this issue um, a piece by RFK Jr. on Falcons. Uh-oh. Um, on Falcons? Camps oh, that's right. He does falconry uh, because he's every man. Um, including, including Colin by me. Um, but that is not the reason to subscribe. You can also find it across the country in a number of bookstores, feed stores, record stores. I don't stores. understand why anyone um, would want a newspaper in the mail. Because uh, I've done that before for like two weeks. And it's like you get the newspaper two days after it's published. Yeah, I don't think this is like um, a breaking news stuff. I think this is like, I think this is like. They just mentioned that RFK Jr. wrote a thing about it in Falconry, about, in, in about Falconry HK. Okay. So this is like a magazine, but printed on a newspaper. Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Lots of places that, makes sense. that such, such publications, magazines and such might be sold, you will find this. And uh, once you pick up a copy, you'll probably want to subscribe. Yeah, uh, super cool. And, you know, America's only newspaper where you don't have to put news in scare quotes. That's right. That's right. Actual news. Yeah. Oh, no, it's probably that's fucking probably like Barry Weiss's fake university. Wheat crop disaster. Worse since 1917. Stressed wheat produces only a single grain. It's just I mean, if it's delivered in the mail, it's not news. So I recommend this as at well. best. It's old at all. Um, but but uh, friends of the show, and uh, we are enthusiastic about this amazing and very unique project. Indeed. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, actually, before... Oh, are they going to have technical problems with their son showing her screen? I hope they do. The That's my favorite part. ...of the episode about which you have many things. Um, I want to consider... Headlining for Animal Pen, says someone in the chat. This absorbs the most, this absorbs <laughs> the most hamster piss of any paper you could get. Your observation that last ad um, that cinnamon is a bark. We'll even shred it uh, for you before we send of, it. And I think we've mentioned this on the on the show before uh, that we were, gosh, fifteen years ago probably in an IKEA in their like seconds room because IKEA wasn't cheap enough. We had to go to their seconds room, um, and there's actually some interesting stuff to be found uh, in IKEA's seconds room as as it turns out, uh, including, as it turns out, um, a solid wood bench that we still have in our entry today. I'm not so familiar with the term boring. seconds um, room. Yeah, is that like the, the sold as is stuff? It's like the clearance. <clears throat> Maybe returns, because you can't sell, like in most, most states have laws that you can't sell a return as new, even if it hasn't been opened. Okay, yeah, so that's their, like they have a, a section at the registers or near the registers that's like a sold as is. I, sure. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like their clearance, I'm sure. Okay. We could uh, we could actually get bogged down in the uh, exact nature of how Ikea uh, puts their <laughs> stuff on the on the floor in there, if you'd like, HK. I'm sure that I would love that. I would be, I would be overjoyed to I do could, that. I could talk for 30 minutes on that easily. 
Oh, the connection seems to be a little wonky. What's going on? Just a tiny bit of mooring, but it was um, uh, 100% mango wood. Uh, because mango is not just a fruit, of course. Mango is a species of plant. Oh, thanks, Heather. Mango is a kind of tree. <laughs> Fucking genius <laughs> shit. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> As opposed to the other fruits that are just a fruit, not a species of plant. Right, the apple, it just fucking materializes. <laughs> you have to make them, right? Uh, you piece together an apple. As it's a uh, growth habit. Uh, it's a tree form. Uh, and of course, therefore, you know, lots of trees wouldn't make good furniture, but it turns out that mango wood does. And when we were interested in it, but in the second part of Ikea, you, it's not really clear. It's not the same sort of thing that you do to go and, and check out. We had to find someone who worked at Ikea to get him to, you know, get it to us. And he objected mightily to our uh, characterization of a piece of furniture as being made of mango. Mango, right. Yeah, he said... 15 uh, years ago, we sure showed that guy at Ikea. I mean, you'd say it's made of mango wood, right? I mean... I, I didn't know you could fit a whole ass Ikea into a hipster coffee shop, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> like you, well, I guess, no, yeah, you could say like something's made of apple, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like you would say like apple wood instead of that. We don't, we don't do you that know? here. Mango is a fruit. We don't make uh, furniture out of fruit. And it, he claimed to have tasted the bench and it didn't taste remotely of mango. No, he did not. Um, but the rest of the story is actually true. Oh, no, it's I not. Mean, yeah. You, you'd normally say apple wood. Right. I, I, this, I would love or to have this conversation wood, I mean. too, if, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> I just don't think this happened. Oh, I totally think this happened. You think, you think I think they were they were being super weird about it. Oh. He goes like, "Oh, like mango wood." And they go, "No, it's made out of mango." He's like, "No, it's made out of the wood." Right? Yep. Mango um, and wood. It was both surprising and not surprising to hear from someone who had just never been in the place where mangoes are grown, that they have internalized what they occasionally find in their market as, um, as if delivered by gods, right? Now they know that, man, they're fucking, hey, they're like, hey, what do you, where do you think a mango comes from? And people are like, well, the grocery store. You're like, no, before that. They're like, oh, a tree, right? Like, I mean, I guess maybe like one person didn't know that and they managed to find that person. Right, like this fruit just comes down from the sky and shows up in like plastic clamshell cases, right? Um, oh, where do they? Oh, they buy, they buy, they buy individual fruit in plastic clamshell cases that they just told on themselves. <laughs> and that's all they buy it pre-sliced. Else known as mango out there, and so that story reminded me. I was reminded of that when you said that cinnamon was a bark. When I said it's not a fungus because that's a sort of a list of mostly fungus, and then you get to cinnamon. The part of cinnamon that is used in mud water is the bark of the cinnamon tree. But yes. Cinnamon isn't a bark. Cinnamon, oh, the product yeah. is a bark. I cinnamon itself is a... I didn't see it until the very end. You caught me. <laughs> you caught me. I was speaking yeah. in, in shorthand, and yeah. I was doing that. This is just weird. semantics, though. This like is... Most people, when they say cinnamon, they mean cinnamon the product. Yes. And when they say a mango, they mean the fruit. Like, I understand. We understand all this. I'm just thinking like, 
Are they just practicing for the day that they eventually get invited to a dinner party again? <laughs> and then someone's going to be like, okay, so I need like one teaspoon of vanilla. And they're like, I can't do that because vanilla is a plant. Yeah, don't, don't, don't let them help you cook. <laughs> Calibrating the speed at which I talk in regular <laughs> hand. Why I'm speed. talking with my hands, I don't know. But, uh, you know. Well, because that's how people talk. Yes, yeah. But, yeah. Yep. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we <laughs> covered that topic-ish. Um, yeah. Just, uh, it's, it's just one of the sort of the ways that biologists, at least organismal biologists such as ourselves, uh, wander around the world seeing how people categorize things as the bit that humans use. Yeah. Right? That and, doesn't uh, have you don't, you don't anything to do with like being a biologist. That's <laughs> just being insufferable right. is what that is. That's the reason that you've, that you have to practice for your next cocktail party. <laughs> they're like this is vodka they're like have you ever seen a vodka plant they're like get out <laughs> you don't do that you just you you said it that way in line in an ad read um following my interruption so i was already throwing you right um but I, i'm 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 reminded that for the most part, we tend to see the whole organisms in things, uh, and it's it makes, for instance, shopping at a grocery store rather a longer process uh, because you're considering, you know, what what is what is this? What was the original plant? What you know? It, does it make sense? For instance, no, you're uh, fucking not. Excuse me, no, <laughs> you are not. You don't. You're not looking at a box of apples, going. You think about the tree that these apples were harvested like fuck off no one does that not even you right like i bet they get like hello fresh they don't even go to the store <laughs> and if they do go to the store they'll buy like a pear in a in its own plastic fucking clamshell just because they don't want any of the common people to have fucking touched it be buying um apples in august Mostly not. Those are going to be pretty old apples. Uh, those are going to be old apples or apples from a far remove. Whereas stone fruits and cherries and, um, and berries, yeah, this is the moment. This is the moment. So thinking about what the organism is and where it grows and when it grows and how it was grown is all part of the sort of organismal biology um, approach to and the world. It results in lots of practical advice. Like if you were to encounter a cinnamon tree and feel inclined to eat directly from it. So literally no one else thinks about which fruits are in season. No one else, just, just biologists. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Right. I don't ever, I don't ever think, well, I'm sure the strawberries on, are on sale, but it's January. So uh, how far did they travel to get here and will they be delicious? Well, the, the answer is probably <laughs> quite far and probably not. Probably gonna go back. Like, I swear to God, these people are like competing to be the most insufferable people in the in the entire world. They're competing with Brett's brother. Yeah, <laughs> the bark. <laughs> but they're all trying to catch up to Steven Pinker. Yeah, I actually. Stop. So, <laughs> where is cinnamon native? I, I think it's going to be tropical Asia. I don't actually know. I don't know. And I don't think I, I feel confident that we've never seen it. I've never seen it in the wild. Whereas we have seen, you know, we have seen nutmeg trees, yep. right? And we have seen and in, in forests and not just in, in, in um, human produced farms. For if somebody in chat, who's a professional biologist, well, someone in chat, these people haven't um, 
been biologists or biology professors for quite some time. They're talk show hosts. And that's a perfectly fine thing to be. I am a talk show host. I just don't pretend to be a fucking political scientist. Like, <laughs> but what I'm doing is a little closer than what they're doing. Cause they're just like quibbling about the fucking bark of a cinnamon tree. <laughs> they're not even quibbling about it. They're just saying like, you know, when everyone else shops, they only think about like the thing that's right in front of them. When I shop, I think about the entire organism that it came from. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to think about what organism a Pop-Tart came from. Right. Like, I am I am at the store to get what I need, stay out of the other the way of the other shoppers so they can get what they need, go to the checkout, be nice to the person at the checkout, put my stuff in my backpack, and then go put the stuff in the fridge or the cupboard and then use it. That's what I go shopping for. I don't, it's not like, it's not like an intellectual pursuit. Usually I'm shopping for uh, energy drinks and vodka and I know exactly where those are. I just moved, but uh, all three grocery stores nearby, I know exactly where the vodka and the energy drinks are. But do you ever think about the rock star tree that was squeezed to make that energy drink? There is nothing from a tree in my rock star. <laughs> it all comes from like a, like a, like an unlicensed nuclear accelerator somewhere. It's like, all okay, but red bull actually does come from red bulls, right? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. That's why I don't drink it. I would end up thinking about it too much. Things that people will have heard of, but when you're wandering around near tropical rainforest, you, you see these trees, if you know what you're looking for. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a cinnamon tree. Therefore, I don't have any idea what the fruits look like. Therefore, I don't know um, who... You, the cinnamon tree may not have a fruit. You just said that it comes from a bark. The, tr the tree may not fruit. What does the fruit of a pine tree look like? It's pine cones. Oh, okay. ...to um, eat the fruits. I don't think a pine cone is a birds, fruit. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know if it's, if it's bird distributed. It's probably not very good for humans, but... It's a possibility. Yeah, if it's even uh, a fruiting tree, which is very even fun. Brett was like, "Come on, it might not even be a fruiting tree." <laughs> if it is a fruiting tree, I bet the fruit is fucking nasty. Otherwise, we would eat it. But not certain, not dead certain. Yeah. I mean, we eat anise. I, I think it's a an anise is nasty. Dicot, which is going to make it fruiting. We're going to know soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. They've been talking for almost 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> you were hoping to talk. They would have been kicked off the stage at Toastmasters already. About some things. Yeah, well, keep in mind, they had a 15-minute uh, ad. Through a series <laughs> oh, that's of, right. Uh, connections that proceed from something that we talked about, in fact, last week. It wasn't the first time we discussed this, but last week we talked about a clip from... Uh, a interview that Gadsad did with Paul Offit. And Paul Offit? in that clip, Paul Offit suggested that the myocarditis and pericarditis that is observed uh, after mRNA vaccinations for COVID might be the result of the fact that the spike protein mimics the chemical shape effectively but you already talked about the clip last week what the fuck are you doing actin uh, protein in heart cells and that therefore the unfortunate chats like protein. they've sure, certainly followed far because they're pretending gad sad is a real person might result in the immune system 
attacking. I mean, whatever problem it would create would be the same problem that was caused by the virus, right? Because the virus also has those spike proteins. That I don't know. Like, we didn't just put spike proteins in your body for no reason. Like, we put them in your body because they're the unharmful part of the virus. Like a limited hangout. Because what it did by blaming the spike protein as the root cause was liberate us to start loading other proteins onto the mRNA platform for other diseases or potentially other proteins even for COVID. And so my claim was that he was missing something uh, that he should know. And in fact, that's actually kind of sad that Paul Offit, uh, Paul Offit was like a vaccine advocate as far as I knew. And now I guess he's uh, gone heterodox. That really sucks. Mm. To blame the spike protein, because what it did is limits the, uh, the bad press surrounding the destruction of hearts uh, by these vaccines to the choice of antigen, which can easily be fixed the next time. It effectively exonerates the mRNA platform. If true. If true. If true. Oh, yes. Yeah. Obviously. That's- so that's a hypothesis. And what I pointed out was... Well, why don't you do some work and test the hypothesis? Oh, no, 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 no. Then you'd have to subject yourself to peer review. And then you'd, then you'd be like... <laughs> Be like, oh, I just read the peer review and uh, the focus on ridicule hypothesis that you and I have talked about quite a number of times here on Dark Horse. I went back and uh, with the help of our clips guy, David, found the original place where I had presented the hypothesis to begin with. And it was February of 22. In February of 22, I laid out uh, a hypothesis and hypothesis for the damage to hearts. Remember, myocarditis means inflammation. Inflammation is a symptom of heart damage. And we have since seen uh, quite a number of pieces of evidence about things related to this damage. But anyway, it's become a central focus because it is the most obvious form of damage that results from these vaccines. And so there's been a lot of battling back and forth over what it does and doesn't mean how it compares to COVID itself, etc. But the hypothesis... Oh, back and the, forth between you and people you largely agree with? Like, what do you mean back and forth on Substack? See, like the, I don't like their use of the word hypothesis here because they're, they're doing, as Alex from uh, Q Origins said, they're doing academic window dressing. When he says hypothesis, when, if I think of like somebody's using that in like a, a proper way, that's part of a process, right? Mm-hmm generally part of it you don't just say oh i have a hypothesis and just leave it there no like and um like then you get a dangling hypothesis yeah it's like a dangling participle except i don't know what a participle is um and please don't tell me i don't care um but like when someone says hypothesis i usually think of it in like a clinical setting or in like a like a setting where they're going to do a study otherwise like people are just like oh i have a theory and they mean it like colloquially like you like when you're talking to your friend like oh, oh i have a theory on this and you're not like oh oh is it a blah 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 you know are you are you published you're just like oh dave's just fucking saying things i mean like a guess right but they use hypothesis yeah. oh. go ahead yeah uh hypothesis without an experiment is just a guess yeah but they they wouldn't just uh, it's so weird it's so crazy i 
I mean, I guess it's better than using the word theory, but also uh, maybe it isn't because if you're just kind of spitballing and you say theory, everybody kind of knows what you mean, right? Mm -hmm. But when you use the word hypothesis, you sort of clinicalize what you're saying and it makes it sound like you're doing yeah, a you, science. You sound like you're about to do an experiment or but if you have no intention of doing the experiment, then you don't really have a hypothesis. Like, right. And maybe not an experiment. You have a, hypo a hypothesis, but... You're not doing science. Right. Or maybe not an experiment. You might do a survey, right? If you're doing something in the social sciences, you can't necessarily do an experiment on everything. So you do surveys and, and you know, you, 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 you have, you gather data, you would gather some data or get some information to see what, see what's going on with the hypothesis you have. In this case, they're just like, well, here's something I fucking came up with in the middle of the night and I'm going to put it on my show and act like I'm doing a science. Yeah. I would say, uh, if you have no intention to experiment, to like actually figure out whether what you think is true. Um, you should just say, I have a guess. Or here's what I, here's what I think could be going on. Yeah. That I first deployed in February of 22. He deployed a hypothesis HK. It's like if I deployed a tank, <laughs> <laughs> he used a hypothesis deployment procedure, an <laughs> HDP. <laughs> that we revisited in our last otherwise last known segment. as a tweet and compares it is a distinct mechanism from the one somebody in chat called that a, a swag that's a scientific wild ass guess <laughs> if it lays out suggests that the vaccines by their very nature will result in the cells that translate the mrnas into proteins proteins I don't know why proteins. No. He was thinking of poutine no. proteins. <laughs> Any cell that translates these MRNA messages into proteins is going to be targeted by the immune system, which will incorrectly regard them as virally infected because they are putting out the signature of a virally infected cell. The signature of a virally infected cell being that it has molecules that look like your own molecules and it has molecules that look foreign. Any cell that, gives that signal is suggesting to the immune system that it is virally infected and destroying it is while bad, the best thing to do because that cell, if it is virally infected, is not going to become uninfected. Yeah. This sounds like he's saying this with the, how he's left hypothesis, right? He's saying this is true. Yes. But, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the cells that produce the spike protein, Oh, I'm not going to correct you if you're wrong. After... I'm, not, I'm not going to even pretend I know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that the cells that produce the spike protein in your body after you get an mRNA vaccine don't continue to produce the spike protein indefinitely. This again, you're you're uh, doing a swag. Well, I'm not saying it's a hypothesis. I'm saying that's my understanding of the mRNA vaccine. Sure. Uh, his email is uh, hparin at uh, port87.com, not echo at echoplexmedia.com. <laughs> making the best of a bad situation um, uh, so far as the immune system can see. Right. Now... A paper emerged this week, and I don't know whether this is just a simple coincidence or whether Offit was trying to seed the world with the idea that the problem was the spike protein molecular structure looking like heart muscle, 
uh, proteins mm -hmm. or not. It could be just a coincidence or, or it could be mere coincidence or it could be meaningful. Maybe he was trying to get ahead of this paper that was going to emerge in Science Immunology, which is a high profile, top tier journal. And so, mm -hmm. Zach, do you want to uh, show the paper? You want to bring up just the title of the uh, of the paper so that we can grossly misrepresent <laughs> it and not even read the uh, abstract? I've got it on my screen too, if you want to show that. <clears throat> okay, so here we have the paper. Um, oh, geez. It's like the title. Zooming in to get even less of the article. <laughs> with aberrant cytotoxic lymphocytes and profibric myeloid response in SARS CoV 2 mRNA vaccine associated myocarditis. Okay, uh, is, is there a difference between a research article and like a published pa like paper published for peer review? Because this says research article, uh, like I'm just I'm know. I'm asking the question like of the universe, not asking you if you have the answer. I'm wondering, does that mean something different than than a paper, than like like a paper that's been pub put somewhere for peer review? And what this paper does is it looks at the uh, pathology in people who are experiencing. Hey, we're actually getting the abstract following mrna vaccination for covid and it analyzes he didn't the read the first word the, the first word said rare he just left the yep. word out <laughs> cellular and molecular environment in which the myocarditis is happening it analyzes the various components in order to test competing hypotheses about what might be causing this uh this pathology mm -hmm. and so what i'm proposing to do is to go through i think we should go there's a little uh paragraph that has been inserted that describes the work and then there is the abstract of the work which summarizes the work the authors themselves summarize the work he's like what i'm going to do is take uh, three or four random sentences from this and string them together as if they're a paragraph and then uh then give you uh, a skewed view of what this article says so uh, Science Immunology is a peer-reviewed peer-reviewed journal, so I would guess that this article being up on their website means that it's been peer-reviewed and published in the in the in journal. The abstract as a standard scientific process. I don't have in the in the official PDF of the paper, I don't have the uh, like lay lay abstract. The lay abstract. But I think we should go through the real abstract. And I will say, um, I did take a oh, course actually in going, immunobiology yeah. many years ago. I speak immunobiology for this reason, but I'm not fluent in it, and I'm so not. So I took he took a course in immunobiology, and he speaks immunobiology, but is not fluent in it. Do you know how many things I took a fucking course in? <laughs> not current in it. Yeah. This this is you know what I learned in immunobiology has stood the test of time. It's high quality stuff, and uh, among the uh, best things I did as an undergraduate was taking this course. It has it has paid back dividends each and every year since. I, I learned a tremendous amount. But anyway, I'm going to use what I understand to try to translate as much of this abstract as possible, and you will see the relevance to this question raised by um, Offit and his proposal and uh, my proposal from February of 22, um, which is now finally getting some traction. Okay, the abstract says, uh, and you will help me if I screw it up because there are a lot of uh, 
complex technical terms here. Rare immune-mediated cardiac tissue inflammation can occur after vaccination, including after SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines. Now, they have to say rare because you have to kowtow to the appropriate gods on this. You can't pop. <laughs> or not because it is rare <laughs> or or because it is a, um, <clears throat> a descriptive term that is applicable <laughs> in this case. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he I also mean, like it says anything it to make him light and look right, right? They're also using the word can because they have they can't just say does possibly be caught in a major journal like this admitting that the injuries from these vaccines are actually shockingly common. Yeah, mo mostly as No, they're not admitting that. Okay. They just said rare. So he he prefaced this with saying, you know, I have the ability to read scientific journals and you don't. So I'm going to use my big brain to translate this so that your small brain can understand it. And then immediately after the first sentence, he's like, now, look, I know that you're reading these words, <laughs> but they don't actually mean these words. They mean the opposite of these words. <laughs> I am the not. The first fucking sentence. The first word. <laughs> yeah, true. Extracts <laughs> we have seen that have in any way found damage associated with these vaccines have ended with a sentence that is that is something to the effect of, but but despite all of this, it is still necessary that everyone go out and get vaccinated right away. Right. So this this does not have that, but it begins with rare. It has to say that and Somewhere. then yeah. somewhere you hear an echo across the academy where everyone goes amen right? <laughs> okay however the underlying immune cellular and molecular mechanism i mean so wait hold on for one second because we are talking about a virus that has killed multiple millions of people this vaccine protects you against that virus and they're saying that no because sometimes you might have heart problems if you take this virus this uh, <clears throat> vaccine well, not enough or nothing. Like you don't always become symptomatic of myocarditis. Sometimes it's just temporary and you don't even notice it. Yeah. So they're saying, no, instead of taking the vaccine, you should just die. Or at least have like a one in like 200 chance of dying. Here, we investigated a cohort of patients who developed myocarditis and or pericarditis. And I should say myocarditis is inflammation of the heart itself. Pericarditis is inflammation of the pericardium, which is the sac in which the heart sits. So these are both heart associated inflammation, but in a slightly different tissue. That'd be one in 2000, one in 2000 chance With of dying. elevated troponin. You've heard us mention troponin recently uh, in the study that we covered that John Campbell had covered, where instead of- So he's not really reading the abstract and uh, translating it to you in any sort of meaningful way. He's reading the abstract and t talking about himself. <laughs> people to walk mm -hmm. in with some sort of a pathology that caused them to seek medical help. They simply assessed troponin levels in people who had been vaccinated and found them in something like one in 35 people, indicating an awful lot of damage that's subclinical. That doesn't cause you to seek attention from a doctor, but is enough that it's measurable in your blood. But I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll be just fine, of course. Uh, amen. 
so it doesn't he's just injecting stuff that it does not say in this abstract yep <clears throat> not only is he mad at the first word but he's also i don't he's just the so the <clears throat> the abstract is there so that someone like me or you can actually kind of read it and we're not going to understand yep. all of it but the a lay person with a decent vocabulary can even if you don't know what some of the stuff means you can use context to get the gist so he's basically telling his audience that they're stupid. Well, he's telling them that you can't trust your own eyes. Let me tell you what to believe instead of believing what you read in a scientific journal. Um, B-type uh, natriuretic peptide and C-reactive protein levels, as well as cardiac imaging abnormality shortly after SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination. So these are just markers that they're using. Contrary to early hypotheses, patients did not demonstrate features of hypersensitivity myocarditis, nor did they have exaggerated SARS-CoV-2-specific neutralizing antibody responses consistent with hyperimmune humoral mechanisms. Specific or neutralizing antibody responses so what this is going to take a little unpacking but what they're saying is people have suggested that there might be some folks who i think this is what they're saying some folks may have sensitivities which make them prone to myocarditis and they may be just simply triggered by this vaccine they don't see evidence of that that's not what they that said at all that said contrary to <laughs> these patients did not demonstrate features of hypo that just means that these patients are not demonstrating features of myocarditis caused by uh, hypersensitivity it doesn't mean it didn't say hypersensitivity to the vaccine they would say that and it also says uh, exaggerated SARS-CoV-2 specific and that this means probably from having had COVID like he's just I mean I'm not incredibly scientifically literate but he's lying he's straight up lying mm -hmm say that there's no evidence with hyperimmune humoral mechanisms. Now, what they're talking about here, humoral mechanisms are not entirely limited to, but they are primarily talking about antibodies of the kind that you have heard overly focused upon with discussions of these COVID vaccines. What they're saying is we do not see an overabundance of SARS-CoV- Oh, over under that he's even going to finish the abstract? <laughs> what do you think? uh 50 50 to antibodies causing the heart uh to to be inflamed okay so they are yep. ruling out these proposals we additionally found no evidence of cardiac no we have no evidence is not ruling out this is like simple logic we have no evidence you can you don't rule things out because you haven't found evidence of them you just say that we didn't find evidence of these things targeted antibodies oops auto antibodies auto antibodies this is what paul offit was suggesting right that autoimmune antibodies created because the spike protein mimicked what he said was the heavy chain of the actin molecule in the hearts would result in those antibodies being findable they didn't find them instead Unbiased systematic immune serum profiling revealed elevations in circulating interleukins of a number of different kinds, chemokines of a number of different kinds, and matrix metalloproteases. Metalloproteases. I don't. I don't know the significance of those. Um, those second two classes of um, molecules. These are. Uh, 
enzymes, I don't know. I don't know much about it. So uh, they're saying they didn't find them. Subsequent deep immune profiling using single cell RNA repertoire sequencing of so, peripheral blood. Uh, quick, quick aside here. It, before he read this, he prefaced it with, well, I've got all the chops to read this and explain it to you. And several times while he's been reading, he said, well, I don't exactly know what that means. So it sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's fine, actually, except that he said that he does. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know what this means. I don't know what a metalloprotease is. But I'm not saying I can read this and interpret it for you. I can't. And neither can he. Mononuclear cells during acute disease revealed expansion of activated CXCR3 cytotoxic T cells and NK cells. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. And I realize that was not a sentence to make you think anything important had happened. But what they're saying. Well, no. I mean, many people would read that sentence and say, I have no idea what's going on here. Maybe there's something important. Is, is, is Heather negging Brett right now being like, you don't know what you're talking about? I can't interpret it. Um, so and they but say, NK. so NK is natural killer cytotoxic t-cells these are t-cells that kill your own cells also also sort of colloquially called killer t-cells yep both phenotypically resembling cytokine driven killer cells now what they're saying is inflammation and actually people who listen to the uh the umberto maduri paul merrick podcast which i highly recommend we'll maybe come back to it later uh, we'll remember a discussion that we had in there about the fact that inflammation is part of the, body, the body's adaptive response to disease and that it gets away from us for various reasons. And that's when it's pathological. It's not that inflammation is inherently bad. It's part of the immune response. But then uh, it, it can get away from you, which is where things become serious. But what they say is that you've got... But they didn't say anything about that so far. You just brought that in again. The thing he just said, it's not there. It's not in this fucking thing that he's reading. <clears throat> if, if you were to listen to this, like on the audio only, you would, it would be unclear like what he's saying and what is in the abstract, right? Because if you just listen to this on Spotify, you wouldn't have yep. this image in front of you. You would come out less informed on the other side. Well, even with the image, you're coming out less informed on, on the other side. Either way, just not even knowing this article exists, you're probably doing better. Cytokine, uh, you've got these uh, cytotoxic T cells, natural killer cells, both phenotypically resembling cytokine driven killer cells. So what they're describing is they are peering into the process of so-called vaccine induced myocarditis, and they are finding the body reacting as if it is fending off an infection in the heart, exactly as I proposed. Mm -hmm. yep. In addition, patients displaying signatures of inflammatory and pro-fibric CCR2 and CD163 plus monocytes coupled with elevated serum-soluble CD163 that may be linked to late gadolinium enhancement or cardiac uh, on cardiac MRI. So they're talking about something that they're seeing, uh, you know, they're looking into these hearts with um, magnetic resonance imaging, and they're seeing... Uh, pathologies that are grossly evidenced. These are not molecular. That's not what they said. This doesn't say that. It doesn't say it. it's not using adjectives like grossly. 
It's not saying that. Correct. Get a level pathologies, but they're seeing them, which can just, uh, you know a lot of specifics here that are going to be inside baseball, um, even even for us with regard to. Well, what do you do all day, Heather? What do you do all day? HK, are you with us? Mm-hmm. What do they I'm do reading. all day? What does Heather do all day? What do they do all day? Uh, f- fuck if I know. Podcast, I guess. Is yeah, this their only thing? If I had all day to look at this abstract. <clears throat> oh, well, it, she spends like four or five hours in the grocery store thinking about where her apples came from. <laughs> uh, you know, what What are the indicators that are useful since by and large you cannot detect damage directly? So what we're seeing here is a lot of proxies uh, for damage uh, measured a, a lot of different ways. A lot of proxies. A lot of different proxies, a lot of different measurements. But they say, so that last sentence, we go back to the beginning of it. In addition, patients displayed signatures of inflammatory and pro-fibric CCR. Pro-fibrotic, which means this is basically scar tissue formation. That's what that means. And so uh, what we're talking about is not, okay, this patient had a transient inflammation of the heart, which went away, and thank goodness they got away with it, and now they can go back to life. The point is they lost capacity in the heart. This is not proven, but what they're saying is we see a pathology that is consistent with a heart damaged by natural killer cells and cytotoxic T cells in which scarring is the best repair that can be made. Mm -hmm. So that heart is now damaged for life. It now scars in the best case. And this person is now vulnerable to things like arrhythmias. They are less capable than they once were. And it doesn't say that. That's not what they said. This is a potentially life-shortening path. I mean, they're just lying. So let, let me, I know we're not done with the abstract mm-hmm. yet. You're, yep. you're in the middle here still. But um, you mentioned, you know, this is therefore not transient. How then have they been getting away with calling uh, the myocarditis and the pericarditis transient in so many cases? Uh, in part, and some of this will no doubt be intentional, but much of it will probably be um, utterly unintentional because doctors, like everyone in any field, will often conflate the underlying thing with the thing that they are measuring and imagine that they are the same. Uh, if what you are measuring is uh, inflammation in its acute phase, that acute inflammation will indeed be transient. And so then you take that, that conclusion out into the world and say, ah, Yes, damage, wow, are bad, but it's it's over and done with after a while because we can't see it anymore, can we? So the thing that is being But made- there's just there's just so many different reasons that a person might have mild or even moderate inflammation of their heart or any organ in their body. You ever have like swelling in somewhere on your body? You have no idea where the fuck it, it, it came from. And then it just goes away in a day. Uh, well, I think in this study, they're talking specifically about inflammation caused by the MRNA vaccine. I maybe, I mean, yes, sure. But they're not, they're not, the thing is, they're not saying that it is for sure caused by it. They're saying subsequent to receiving the vaccine. That's different than caused by the vaccine. Well, it sounds like it is. It is caused by the vaccine. But as noted in the study, it is rare. They're studying like patients that are experiencing a rare condition 
from the vaccine. And again, I would rather have a little heart tissue being scarred than be fucking dead. Right? Wouldn't you? Sure, but that's not the only... I mean, COVID doesn't just kill you. But I mean, the other thing that's going on here is that uh, these this kind of <clears throat> thing that they're talking about is also uh, an effect that you have from COVID. I mean, COVID has killed millions of people in the U.S. I, I understand. But what they're describing here is also something that happens from COVID. So you're probably more likely to have this happen from COVID than from the vaccine. That's true, yeah. But there was never any reason to conclude, therefore, that the damage that uh, that inflammation was indicating would be transient as well. Right. So it's a little bit like if you had a uh, building collapse and you detected it by the dust that was kicked up. The dust might clear, but it doesn't put the building back up. Right. What so, the fuck? Uh, anyway, they're using proxies, which is frankly what you just simply That's have. A great analogy. What you have to do with all of this stuff, right. um, because we're dealing with. Uh, but there's a problem with your analogy here, Brett, because dust could be caused by a building not collapsing. There could just be fucking dust from somewhere else besides a building collapsing. So that's a that's actually your your analogy is stupid. Because there could be dust in the air for any other number of reasons besides a building building collapsing. So your analogy is stupid. Inside a living person, and it's 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 difficult to assess. Right, but I mean, I think I also I just want to point to the media that grabbed onto this. Like it's transient, it's fine. Um, the it's fine thing was their conclusion um, based on a misunderstanding. Here, pause this for a second. I do just want to read from the CDC's website. Quote. The known risks of COVID-19 illness and its related, possibly severe complications, such as long-term health problems, hospitalization, and even death, far outweigh the potential risks of having a rare adverse reaction to vaccination, including the possible risk of myocarditis or pericarditis, unquote. Because of the misunderstanding of the people actually doing the research of what what transient is a reference to? Transient is not a reference to the damage. Transient is a reference to the particular thing that was measured as an indicator of the damage. And so whenever you see any of these conclusions being trotted out in the media, you have, you have to wonder, what actually are you talking about? Right? Like tra transient in this case um, is true. And, and people will, you know, go to their graves saying, no, but it's transient. It's like, yes, but the thing that's transient isn't anything worth talking about, actually. That the only reason we're talking about that is because that was what was measurable. And, you know, the, the map is not the territory at some level. Remember right? the spin doctors? The, the group, the, the like 1990s yeah. band. Had yeah. a great album. Yeah. Um, the spin doctors were named after a phenomenon that was very real called spin doctors. Spin doctors were people who went, I believe, to presidential debates and maybe other things. And they were there in the room ready. They were listening to the debate. And if their candidate, the one they had been hired to protect, screwed up, they would immediately lodge in the, the room of people who were trying to figure out how they were going to report the story. They would lodge the interpretation that minimized the damage or flipped it into a win or whatever. Now, the idea is, okay, how are we going to take the dire fact of these radically novel transfection agents? Yeah, this again, dire. This, this is not what's being said here by this. Now they're just like, they're not even, they're, they may as well not even have the article up anymore. Now they're just 
Now they're just fucking <laughs> spitballing, right? They're just fucking. Yeah, they're freestyling. And it doesn't even rhyme and there's no beat. Producing <laughs> heart damage. How Zach gonna... had the good sense to take the fucking thing. Oh, they didn't get through the abstract. Get the new <laughs> team faithful <laughs> yeah. to all, you know, look down their noses at people who are concerned and say, um, you're obviously a right wing nut job. Everyone knows the myocarditis is, you know, and then transient, transient is going to be the way they're going to spin this very devastating indictment of that technology into something. That's not what any, like, person. yeah, that I would take the fucking thing off the screen too, because now you're just, it's devastating. That's not even what the CDC said. The CDC on their, I'm basically more, I looked up what the CDC says about this. I'm like more uh, interested. I'm says, way more interested in what they're like saying and how they're presenting it than like what the CDC says. Um, I'm just uh, there, especially because this is the last time we're talking about them. I'd really like to kind of stay focused on the way that they manipulate, like just the thing that they're presenting. If that's okay. Yeah, but like right now they're misrepresenting the other side. They're saying like, oh, the other side is always going to say it's just transient. But no. The other side doesn't say that. Person could work. So, like, they're arguing against a straw man right now. All right. So, let's just uh, finish this out here. Together, our results demonstrate upregulation of inflammatory cytokines and corresponding lymphocytes with tissue, hmm, tissue damaging capabilities, suggesting a cytokine dependent pathology, which may further be accompanied by myeloid cell associated cardiac fibrosis. What they're saying is what we see is a reaction consistent with the body damaging its own heart. Why would it do that? Because it's programmed to fend off viruses. If they get in there, as bad as heart damage is, an infected heart is worse. So that's what they see is a pattern consistent with that that results then in cell-associated cardiac fibrosis. That is to say scarring, which is the best case. It's bad, but it's the best case. These findings likely. I mean, like out. he's also like just a, he has a fundamental misunderstanding of how your um, immune system works. Your immune system isn't sitting there like fucking sense making about these things. <laughs> like right, like he's like he's like acting like your immune mm -hmm. system is like conscious and makes decisions, which is yeah. And <clears throat> I'm not an immune system expert, and I'm not gonna we're not gonna get into like the exact uh, methodology or, or ways in which your immune system works. But it, it don't think about things. It's not a, it's not a thinker. That's how, that's why autoimmune diseases are, are so dead, often deadly because it takes advantage of the yeah. fact that your immune system isn't, um, isn't thinking long-term, isn't doing a whole your lot of sense. Your immune system making. is just, it's just always ready to kill you. It is just like, just sitting there just like at a, you know, sitting on the, on the top of a mountain and down one way is like no more, no more immune system. So you just die of disease down the other way is like your immune system goes haywire and best case you have severe allergies worst case you just die <laughs> previously proposed mechanisms of R of mrna vaccine associated myo uh, myopericarditis and your your body is real good at keeping that immune system right at the top at least most people some people's body is not that great at that, that means is the offit mechanism that he proposed last week i don't know if he proposed it before that mm -hmm. is not consistent with the findings that they made and what is consistent they say that this is a new 
uh, proposal or a new set of observations, but the point is you ought to notice that that new set of observations is consistent with a hypothesis that we put together on camera. But that, okay, so there's a couple problems here. One, a new set of observations means that there's been no replication. And these are the very people who have in the past complained about uh, the replication crisis. It was in the social sciences. Um, they were, they've mm. complained about the replication crisis. Well, they are the replication crisis because there's no replication. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is they're like, oh, this is a new thing. Well, if it's a new thing, then maybe uh, fucking wait and see, because uh, you don't know uh, somebody, somebody else out there might find this interesting and do a similar study and get slightly different results. Maybe we, uh, we, you know, it tends to verify some of what's here and it tends to go against some of what's here and then somebody else does another study now i'm not a science genius but i do know that that's how this all is supposed to work what these people do is they take one study oftentimes a new one misrepresent it and then act like that not only that the new study is like a fucking theory or like a scientific law but that their interpretation of it that they've done fucked up anyway is a vindication of some fucking off-the-cuff bullshit he said on their fucking podcast a year and a half ago they do this all the time. This is their MO. Yep. Uh, and even further than that, this study is, uh, it was a study with 23 patients. Oh, fuck. Uh, and six of them had to be ruled out because they caught COVID. So this so is a study. It's a study of 17 patients. So again this is like a this is like a place where maybe maybe someone else might pick this up and run right with with a bigger study but maybe not because they're like 17 they're like i'm not gonna go after that i'm not gonna chase that ghost in the night like right this is chasing ghosts <laughs> in the night if you're going after if this if, if you're like this is like the he the why didn't they tell you the sample size and what the fuck is up with this journal like publishing this if it's 17 well, it's like, it, it's fine. They say the sample size in the results paragraph. Yeah, but we're not going to get there. Uh, uh, but Brett doesn't, Brett doesn't. No, we're not. Uh, but like, you know, this study may have been perfectly fine and it may demonstrate that the, there is, you know, risk of myocarditis. At that sample size, I think it, would, it might demonstrate that there could be. Well, I mean, the CDC says there is. There is a sure. risk of developing myocarditis after the vaccine. Uh, but it's such a small risk that the the risk of not having the vaccine is so much higher. So much higher. I mean, it's like, it's... It's kind of like insurance, right? If, you, if your insurance costs uh, like $5 a month to ensure everything in your house, you're going to take that because that's a good risk reward assessment. But if your insurance, like that's like getting the vaccine and then not getting the vaccine is like, well, your insurance may cost $0, but it doesn't cover anything in your house. So because you, know, <clears throat> you just don't have insurance. <laughs> you would think <clears throat> maybe they should put the sample size in the fucking abstract. I mean, I, I don't really have a problem with the study. Well, I, I have I'm a not, problem neither with of us how are, they're presenting of us are in a, the study. Are either of us even in a position to peer review this study? <laughs> no. 
Okay, so it doesn't really well, matter. It doesn't really ma- it doesn't just... really matter if you or I have a problem with this study. I have a problem with their interpretation of this study on Dark Horse and how they're presenting I say, it. I say my hypothesis. I do not mean this is my hypothesis alone. And in fact, I went back to the original. Um, this is important where you're about to go. Was that a sneeze? I don't know, but this is important. Far from this paper. Can I just <laughs> share a couple of excerpts from the end of the paper sure. first? Because, because we're probably not going to come right back to this yep. paper. Uh, the very end of the discussion of the paper. On the basis of our findings, longitudinal clinical monitoring of vaccine-associated myopericarditis patients may be warranted to assess potential persistence of cardiac There's a lot of hedging in that single sentence. Mm-hmm. Maybe potential based on based uh, on the basis longitudinal of longitudinal clinical monitoring of vaccine associated myopericarditis patients may be warranted to assess potential persistence of cardiac abnormalities in other words if you got myocarditis after getting the vaccine someone should probably keep an eye on that for you abnormalities okay cool yes then in the same paragraph. Yeah, and may be warranted is... Uh, 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 then in the same paragraph, future studies building on the translational relevance of our work will be important, important to further optimize the excellent safety profile of mRNA vaccines among specific demographic subgroups. Amen. Amen, right. Now, they do have you know, specific demographic subgroups. Yeah, it sounds like they yeah. completely disagree with you two. They, they do they're doing this thing that, on one hand, they're like, oh, look, this scientific paper says that I'm right. But then on the other hand, they're like, oh, fucking fuck these scientific papers. Yeah. Don't pay attention to where it says I'm wrong. <laughs> or, or just don't pay attention to the part where they're hedging is what they're saying, right? They're like, this hedging is something they have to do because of their religion. Because he keeps saying, amen, amen, amen. And no. so. <laughs> but I mean, this part, like, just patently goes against everything that they've said. Or at least it like like they're saying mRNA vaccines are safe, right? Or they have an excellent safety profile. And the hedging part does the hedging that these two will never do. Yep. You ever hear? You ever you ever hear anybody who really actually knows what the fuck they're talking about? As soon as they get just a little bit away from the thing that they're a fucking expert in, they start hedging and being, oh, somebody you know, if they're giving a speech to like an audience at a university or something, they might be like, oh, somebody at this audience might know more about this than I do. You know, oh, I'm sure mm-hmm. that there's somebody here who is gonna gonna tear me apart for this, but here's my understanding. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you never hear any of this shit from these two people. None of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, it will be required soon to reflect back and say, yes, maybe we shouldn't have been vaccinating the young men after all are bad, right? Like that is becoming the thing that is now not only acceptable, but necessary. And this uh, specific demographic subgroups is the nod to that future uh, orthodoxy. Uh, but will will we ever get to a legitimate orthodoxy in which there is widespread understanding that, as you are saying, and this is where I'm going to just hand it right back to you, uh, actually, this these these were not ready. These were not ready. They couldn't have possibly been ready. This platform is not ready. They very clearly were ready. They had a significant impact on the danger of COVID-19. And again, they're they putting, saved lives. Again, what, what, I, what I'm going to focus on here, because it's, it's what, what I'm capable of assessing, is that they still have this science-y looking paper up. They're not talking about it. 
and they're just making like wild, like declarative claims. Yep. <laughs> no one should. They're pretending that, that like the scientists in this paper completely agree with them too. That's the the weirdest part to me is like they just pretend that like you know every scientist agrees with them. They just can't say it because they're under all this pressure from you know some nefarious group, some them out there. We're near ready. Right. But I mean, look, I don't want to say anything negative about these authors. My guess is these authors faced a problem. They did good work. It successfully advances the ball in terms of how much we know. This now goes out of the realm of hypothesis. We now have a mechanism that appears is now the presumptive mechanism. Right? We know what it is, and we now know what it implies. And frankly, that's hugely important. But the fact that they have to riddle this piece of excellent work with uh, you know, various incantations uh, designed to placate various powerful gods is absurd. And yeah, this is last one. Powerful gods. They're placating powerful gods. They wouldn't gods. have gotten published in science immunology, but for they're like, this is just how this stuff always reads, right? There's always a lot of maybe, could be, possibly, according to our research, what we believe to have been found, more research is needed. That's just how this shit always reads. You want to hear a, a really nice nugget from the second paragraph of the introduction? Um, sure. Given the difficulties associated with studying such rare cases, the etiology of vaccine-associated myopericarditis remains largely unknown. For those nods to the orthodoxy. Right, and the orthodoxy is... I don't like the term. I mean, that kind of explains why their, their sample size was only 17. It's like there just aren't a lot of people is, that this has happened to. I think they're on like a different paper or publication now, but but I'm not sure this one. But I'm not sure. Take a radical, dangerous technology like this, and you're going to claim that it's only really bad for certain demographics, young, healthy men. That's not a certain demographic. And what's more, well, yes, it is. we talked about either last week that or the week before. Is literally a certain demographic. Uh, vaccinated people. What else would you call that? Levels. It was actually women who were more commonly uh, showing this sign. Mm -hmm. So, hey, we don't know how extensive the damage is. And these aren't limited subgroups. Healthy young men, is a, you know, is that a demographic that half the population well, is supposed no, to I mean, pass through? That's not half the population. Half the population are not healthy young men. You stupid fuck. You absolute stupid motherfucker. Half the, half the population are men. You start adding I variables. I think he meant at one point, half the population is a healthy young man, which is still wrong. Right, because not everybody's healthy. Yeah, and not everyone makes it to young man. That's... You can talk about. Be fair, if you're dead, you're not part of the population, HK. You were as a kid. Demographic groups and know that there are some, you know, who they are intending to keep in the line of fire for these and uh, future mRNA vaccines is older and immune compromised uh, people and people other, who otherwise have comorbidities that put them at particular risk for whatever the pathogen is that we're talking about. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pushing back because the very sentence, I think it was the same sentence, they say, optimize the excellent safety profile. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. What in God's name does that mean? These oh, I, things. I mean, I know, that's why. That's why I read it. That means getting better at getting better. That's all it means. Yeah, I think literally it's like they worded that in a particular way because I feel like these scientists who study this particular thing kind of know that their words will get twisted. Yeah, you think so? They that's why it out? I imagine they worded it that way. You think they figured it out by this point? It, you'd have to be dumb to not. What? To not figure it out. You'd have to be dumb to not figure out that you should be very precise, lest you be misrepresented oh, yeah. by people like yeah. Brett and Heather. Yep. But they'll do it anyway. Yeah, I think these scientists are pretty aware that, you know, there is a large, I mean, not that large, but there's a significant percentage of the population that just loves to twist their words and if they say anything, like if, if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. But I don't think, um, you know, specific demographic subgroups is a legitimate way to understand uh, populations. You know, we, we know, we were talking about, as were some other people, the need to risk stratify uh, both our understanding of COVID and our understanding of the mRNA vaccines um, as they were being trotted out. And almost no one was doing it. And that was part of why you got, you know, parents living, you know, scared parents living in scared fear until they could get their tiny children vaccinated uh, with uh, so-called vaccines that uh, were much so-called vaccines what is doing damage to their children than the virus now i want to go to a dinner party with these two <laughs> risk stratification does she not even agree that they're vaccines now uh, yes massively important yeah. thing shit. Be talking about. Risk, so risk stratification is great but when you have a novel technology that is a threat to a huge fraction of the population and then you minimize it by talking about demographic groups instead of saying actually we don't know how, how big a threat this is and we don't know if we're noticing it in young healthy people because it gets obscured by the pathologies that older unhealthy people tend to have anyway so the point is this they're just way ahead of what we understand and they're sure. using language to minimize it. And that's not cool. That said, again, the authors did excellent work and they got it into a high profile top tier publication and they may have, these are compromises they may have had to do. And I don't judge them for that. Okay. That's a good enough place to stop. I think they're going to move on yeah, to the next he, subject. He just thinks that everyone agrees with him. They just can't say it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, finish this because I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna bid them a fond farewell, we should certainly uh, watch some of this while I'm drinking vodka, right? Like, because <laughs> like with, in, a, in a lot in, in, in many ways, we built this channel on me drinking vodka and watching these two people uh, <laughs> lie. So, yep. uh, can I say though, we're not really bidding them a fond farewell. We're more bidding them a forceful fuck off a forceful fuck off yeah and i mean if they do if they end up doing something monumentally stupid or if they have like sam harris on and there's like a bust up we will cover that but otherwise okay. we're gonna we're gonna mostly leave the leave this alone because we've been covering these people a lot so uh, yeah vodka somebody said from chat vodka from the vodka tree nobody thought about how the vodka <laughs> got there like, no vodka comes from the vodka root <laughs> I usually drink grain vodka, but oh, okay. the The vodka, what is that? A bush? No, it's vodka a... grain. Uh, the, we're not gonna, we're not going to do this. 
listen, this is, this is, I'm going to no. read this show out this week, actually, because <laughs> I never read the show out. This has been the intellectual dollar tree. We do the show live every Wednesday on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplex media. Make sure you tune in next week because we will be uh, adding to the cast of characters. If you listen to this whole podcast, um, just remember the rest of it's available on Patreon for free. Patreon.com slash Echoplex. You can uh, get the whole thing. I might even DJ later. Um, that'll also be up on the patrons feed. Um, and after you get the free one at Patreon, consider becoming a member or go over to eplex.store and become a member there. You get the same benefits that you would on Patreon, but uh, you get to do it through fourth wall and our splits a little bit better and you get a discount on our swag. Also uh, pick up some swag at eplex dot store and now i am um vamping because i forgot to load up our uh the song we play when we end this show which is boomers by periscope <laughs> i'm going to change the contents of my drink change the color of the lights in this room and try to figure out why the lights behind me are flickering a little bit uh we'll be back with red light
can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live, then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the now space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.